This is a Valfem special broadcast. The COVID Report Show, Monday to Thursday, from 6 to 7 p.m. Exclusive to VowFM 88.1. Share it. Now, we are going to concern ourselves with all matters. Hashtag data must fall. And I, yep. think, I, I think I use that, I use that hashtag curiously because it, 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 it's... it's it's very very intriguing to see how the how this particular conversation is being is being navigated in the wake of uh, this outbreak that we are dealing with. And uh, joining us is Ms. Kuketo Mueti, who is a founding executive director of Amanga.mobi, who will be uh, giving us insight on how and why mobile networks need to have a look at the way in which they provide those services in a in a manner that best benefits the citizens of this country in the wake of this outbreak, particularly pertaining to data and SMSs. We get so good evening and welcome to the COVID report. Good evening. Um, Good evening to you all. Thank you so much for joining us. I think for me, I'd, I'd be very, very curious to first of all, find out what your view on the current state of this conversation, um, the, 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 the data and the internet uh, conversation and the role that these mobile networks need to play to lend a helping hand, certainly in this, in this current situation we're all faced and all over the globe. How, how have you found the, the, the way in which this conversation is, has, un, has unfolded and shifted and um, materialized in the form it's in now? So as we've seen um, in different parts of the world, overcoming this pandemic will require that every sector of society steps out of the business as usual logic. And right now, I do not think that the mobile network operators are doing enough. Now, before we got to this outbreak of the pandemic, Vodacom recently became the first mobile network operator to reach a settlement with the competition commission, right? Which would see um, the price of data costs go down in a period of over two years, as well as provide basic access services for low-income individuals. Now, this is without a doubt. It was a big step in the right direction, an important step in the right direction. And the actions of the Competition Commission are to be commended, right? Because they avoided a drawn-out, costly legal battle with the mobile network operators. But right now, clearly, there is a need for much more. And over the years, we have heard Shamil Jusser, who is the Chief Executive Officer of Vodacom, um, regularly claiming that South Africa's mobile network operators are world-class networks. And I think that right now, the outbreak of this pandemic provides an opportunity for them to prove it to be so. I think that to prove the commitment and make up years for years of exploitation, there are ways in which they could be offering a helping hand. And we would say that their response should be an immediate zero rating of local news sites, the provision of um, at least three gigabytes of data per month to low-income consumers, as well as five free SMSs per day for the next three months with a commitment to continue for another three months should the pandemic not yet be controlled. That's quite interesting, Koketo. I mean, uh, if I may ask, you know, 
why particularly when I was reading the uh, the Amandla.mobi campaign, it particularly focused on uh, the zero rating of um, the website, news websites. Why is it important for Amanda.mobi to, 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 to campaign for this? What's, what's, what's so important about local news sites being zero rated? So I think there's a whole wide set of reasons, right? And we can draw lessons from other outbreaks in the world. We saw that during the Ebola outbreak in the DRC, misinformation spread as quickly as the disease and contributed to much more deaths, right? Keeping people informed Proact is a way of proactively counteracting misinformation, right? Um, yes. This is going to be very, very essential. And also physical distancing, which is the limiting of physical contact we have with others, has been highlighted as a key way to stop the spread of the novel coronavirus. Now, what this means is that people like right now are under lockdown, right? People do not only need to be communicating with others, but also need to be kept in about what is happening in the world around them. We've seen a lot of commendable efforts by government to do this, right? One is their WhatsApp resource, which also Basmuth, the data-free coronavirus site that people can access to get this kind of information. While that is crucial, people also do need to know what is happening in the world around them as a means of keeping connected with others and their communities. And also as a way of just like to so that they're able to want to prevent the the virus on themselves and know what's happening in the the rest of the world, considering the fact that we are in lockdown, particularly in South Africa, and as the rest of the world also goes into lockdown. Absolutely, absolutely. Because it would be such a shame to be locked down and you have to keep in your physical, in the place in which you are, and you don't know what is going out there. It does have the potential to create additional anxiety and stress and cause undue panic just because you do not know what is happening. Yeah. And why SMSs? You know, I know I'm asking maybe what seems to be obvious questions for you. Uh, but for our listeners, it might. Why, why, what's, what would the f- five free daily SMSs um, do for 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 your low income communities in which uh, you work in as Amanda.mobi? While there are admittedly evidence gaps from both this pandemic and other similar outbreaks, according to the World Health Organization, the risk of domestic violence increases in times of crisis, right? Already we have seen in countries such as China and France and so on that lockdowns have had an impact on victims of domestic violence. Um, Service providers are reporting an increase in calls, are reporting an increase in women reporting incidents to them and so on. So the SMSs would serve, given given South Africa's context, right, where a lot of people are living in informal housing, if you call for help, you may not be able to make the call in private, right? And this makes an SMS quite essential as a way of women to let others know that they are in danger or request for help. Over and above that, right? Um, As the Alan J. Fletcher Center for Public Mental Health in Cape Town has expressed, there is concern that the response to the pandemic has made little or no provision for mental health implications. According to the center, a key aspect for mental well-being, resilience and hope 
is being in contact with loved ones and feeling connected to a broader society and psychosocial support. We cannot underestimate or undermine the fact that a significant number of our population does not have smartphones. So even though data, we are also saying data should be provided, it also makes it essential for people to be able to SMS as an alternative means to keep in touch with others who may not have access to web-enabled devices. So as a Amanda.mobi, just to wrap up, you're asking for all cellular networks after your very successful or almost or fully successful campaign for that hashtag data must fall. You are now in this very trying, unprecedented chartered waters that South Africa finds itself in, asking for the zero rating of all local news sites in order for low-income communities and people to be stay in touch and know what is happening in the world. You're also asking these uh, networks to provide low-income consumers with at least three gigabytes of monthly data for free, as well as the five free SMSs so that people can connect with with their loved ones who may not be using web-enabled phones so that we can check on Ugogo or Kuku who might not know what WhatsApp is and might not necessarily be in contact with WhatsApp. Koketo, lastly, you know, from Amanda.movi, what is it that you think uh, can make the lockdown more beneficial, more bearable for, for people, particularly if we're looking at low-income communities? Because, I mean, for us who have Wi-Fi, who have access uh, to buying groceries all the time, it may not be such, you know, I was saying earlier in the show when we began that, for me, this is such, a, I don't want to say a great time, but it was much needed slowing down of pace but i'm very well aware that this is not the situation for everyone so what are some of the other things that government or other private sector uh, organizations can be doing to make this time better particularly for low-income uh, communities particularly when we look at women as well I think that across the world, there has been a recognition that this moment of crisis requires all hands on deck if we're going to pull through, right? And there is so much that can be done. Over the last couple of days, we have seen um, very terrible and brutal responses from SAPS as well as the army, people who've been in the street, right? I think it's going to be essential to monitor what is going on and for them to actually be monitored and be properly briefed about the regulations because there seems to be an uneven understanding. Over and above that, I think that this whole situation is just We've always known in a very nebulous and understood that we are the world's most unequal society. It's always been very visible. But in a way, this crisis really reveals the extent of the of those of the divisions between us, right? And we've got to be thinking, what are the ways in which the hoarded wealth of this country can be much more fairly distributed? What are the ways in which it can be ensured that informal workers, for example, are, are protected from what is going on right now? What are the ways in which we are preparing for the rise of um, domestic violence, preparing shelter and making means for women to be able to reach out in these instances, right? Um, what are the ways in which people will be accessing food? I mean, food security has become such a profound thing. Um, Blast at based at UWC um, recently was wrote released a piece the other day that was referring to while across the world, you know, there's a lot of panic about empty food shelves. 
um, because of the impact of this pandemic on the supply chains, what we have we have the potential to face in South Africa is the fact that there will be food on shelves and yet people will be unable to access it, right? So all of this is a moment where all of the things that have been said are impossible should be made possible. Government has got to step in and step up, you know, in a whole new different way, um, in ways that support low-income consumers, um, as well as the private sector as well. Private sector right now, um, hotels and all kinds of buildings, some of them are quite empty, right? Why are we not thinking about the ways these can be used as shelters for homeless people and other people who may need them in different ways? So I think there's a whole range of things and suggestions that could be made. Top-ups on the social grounds, for example, because we know that a significant portion of our society is dependent on social grounds as their main source of income, you know? Um, yeah, so these are just a few. These are just a few of the things that could be done. But over and above that, just in terms of the mobile network, operators and other private sector companies, right? Across the world, we are seeing people make an effort. Struggling media organizations have made coronavirus-related content free to read to ensure members of the public can stay in forms. In other countries, internet service providers are offering free or discounted internet services to keep people connected. I mean, locally, we've seen DSTV make its 24-hour news channels available online to all South Africans, even if you're not a subscriber, right? There is no sector, no company, no individual who should not think they do not have a role to play. And so for us, this is an invitation to mobile network operators as well as others to realize that they have a role to play. And it's not only for our sake, but they own too, because they are institutions which exist and depend on the same society, a society that has been exploited by them in so many ways over the years. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And I think, I think that, that, that's why, and just to wrap up this discussion finally, and uh, uh, very, very, very briefly, but as detailed as possible from you, Kogetsu, if you can, um, I'm, still, I'm, still very, I'm still stuck on the numbers that you, that, that, that you dropped earlier and how um, you lovely people at Amalia.mobi um, got to those, those numbers, five free SMSs and the, 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 the the reduction of, of data cost to free for uh, low income communities is that it does the process that you guys go through determining and coming up with those numbers take into account um, the varying degrees of access within these low income communities and the 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 the, the, the sort of the the the, 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 the patterns of of trends and differences as far as which which uh, media platforms um, certain clusters of these lower income communities use? Um, for example, who, who's more likely to send an SMS over sending a WhatsApp message versus the other way around of that? I'm curious as to how, as, as to how the, 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 the process you guys go through to get to those numbers is aligned with the realities of the low income communities that this initiative is serving. So over time, um, as I have mentioned, we have been involved in a variety of processes around the cost of data, right? Which has really had us engaging with how much people are consuming, 
where are people on. There's a lot of research that is publicly available about what platforms people use, the kinds of devices people are using, which are all things we considered when we um, made the proposals that we do. And I do want to point out that, as mentioned, we are saying three gigabytes of monthly data as a minimum that is a minimum, it could be much more, right? So these are all minimum standards that we are working with, but this comes from a whole ton of research and work that has been available prior to this moment, as well as patterns of use, but also recognizing, as I mentioned in the instance of, for example, domestic violence cases, where people cannot make a call, you know, and will need to speak to someone who may not necessarily be using a web-enabled device. Yeah, so these are some of the considerations that went into coming up with these numbers. I take a lot of solace in the amount of thought you guys have put into the work that you guys are doing. And I really hope that it um, strikes the right ears and the right things happen in the wake of um, such valuable insight and such valuable information. That is uh, Kuketso Mueti, who is the founding executive director of uh, Amanja.mobi. And uh, she was just sharing some insight with us as uh, far as the role of mobile network uh, operators to low-income communities in the wake of the reality we are all facing worldwide as it pertains to this COVID-19 pandemic. Okay, so thank you so much for joining us on the COVID report this evening. Thank you so much for taking uh, the time out of your day to talk to us. Thank you so much for the very, very valuable insight that you've given us on, on, this, on this very, very intriguing conversation. It's one that I've always gone back and forth on in my mind personally and individually. So I very, I very, very much appreciate the insight and thank you so much for joining us one more time. It's a pleasure. The COVID Report Show, exclusive to VAWFM.
The COVID Report Show. Busting the myths.
Tweet us at Bowerfair. Hashtag The COVID Report Show.
The COVID Report Show, exclusive to VOWFM.